everyone. You may be seated. Amen. Them smiles and hugs are important. It's so good to be back again with my family on this particular day. And I'm looking forward to spending the rest of eternity hanging out with you. Amen. With our daddy, Jesus. It only gets better, ladies and gentlemen. The exciting thing is this is the day that the Lord has made. This is the day of salvation, and he's still saving us. It's unto salvation. He started something in you when he filled you with his spirit, and he's going to finish what he started because he's faithful and he's just. He knows how to build his house, and he knows how to place every member in his house fitly joined together. Amen. And I found out something, ladies and gentlemen, that I'm going to keep talking to you about things that happened with my wife and I on our 14 weeks. Amen. Where we were dying so we could live. Amen. And we're still talking about being spiritually fit. And my uh, good sister, Lisa, she's always kind of hitting the nail on the head bluntly. And she knew that uh, when I came back with the word on spiritually fit, it's probably going to turn into a series. That ain't my intention. But whatever daddy wants. And we all know our daddy enough to know that... uh, He loves us so much, he wants us to get it. And I've already come to grips with the reality. I I can't reveal it to you, but I can can connect with you as your brother. And I can talk to you about how God's working on me. And I have found out something very powerful during our 14 weeks that my personal lens, the way I look at things, and my wife's personal lens, the way she looks at things, it don't, it don't fit. Right? And uh, me and her can try to convince one another that the way we see it's the right way. And that don't work neither. But when I became present with her, when she became present with me, and we, we wasn't interested in what was different We were just interested in what our daddy was looking at. See, we're born again of the Spirit so that we can see from his lens and be set free. Amen? He is the truth that makes us free. And so the more present I become with Tammy and the more present she becomes with me, his presence comes in. And we're able to see the treasure in one another. The thing that has his passion toward you and I, I mean, his heart beats for you. But you ain't heard that in this world, have you? Amen. The world don't say that about you. The things going on in our world that can sometimes be attractive to our flesh, at the end of the day, it's like, my goodness, how did I get sucked into that? 
But when you effectively, and when I say effectively, just quit thinking, you know, about all that's going on around the world, but turn your heart towards heaven, and it's not way out there somewhere. It's about as high as your brain is in your heart, about four, in this range. He comes in suddenly. The moment I feel after him, his presence comes in. He comes suddenly to his house. Amen. And you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You, God has chosen you to be the temple. And he, he's speaking of his bride conglomerate, but we are members of that bride. Amen. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And the body that you wear and you get up in the morning to take care of it and to get it straightened and getting in order is you letting God know that you have, amen, a respect for the temple that he's given to you to steward and to take care of. Amen. And he, he will wait on us until we get wrinkles and lose our hair and get a little overweight. And he's so compassionate and merciful, he don't see that. He sees the heart. And he's just giving us invitation after invitation to come taste and see how good he is. And invitations to cast our burdens on him for he cares for us. The invitations don't stop. And every time I'm with my wife, there's an invitation with her hug and her smile from heaven that if I pay attention, it's him talking to me. Amen. Somebody catching this? And right now, when I make up my heart's mind, there's a, there's a mind to this blood pumping muscle that science has proven. It's there. And when I make up my mind, ah, my innermost being, that I'm going to be present with what God loves. And the last time I checked, his treasure is you. You're his treasure. Not, not, not the preacher. As, as a believer, I'm his treasure too, but we are children of God. And I've been mercifully given an opportunity to host his presence in such a way that the pastor Jesus, the prophet Jesus, the apostle Jesus, come on, the teacher Jesus, he can get through. And he can do what I can't do because he knows how to reveal Amen. And he knows how to give hope and he knows how to give out love on another level. And all he's asking for me and you is to get present with one another. But he didn't ask us to do that prior to telling us to hang out at the right small group. Anybody in the right small group? You know, not every small group's right. Now, I'm not judging small groups. I'm just saying the right one for you. And Jesus started something 2,000 years ago with his presence, his spirit, and the right small group was that 120 that hung out and tarried until they were endowed with power. And when they were endowed with power, why were they given power? So that they could be witnesses. 
And today, ladies and gentlemen, our Lord, our King, our Father, our everything is inviting us to recognize who he says we are. And while he's standing on the mount one day, he's preaching a powerful message, and he makes it clear to all them that have ears to hear. I believe your ears are hearing today. Ye are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And God has limited himself to our availability so that through us he can finish what has started. It's something about me letting God take charge in my life that brings glory to him. Anybody want to give him some glory today? It's more than just the shout. It's more than just the clapping of the hands. It's more than me just saying, I believe. But letting God receive his glory is when I give him an ear. That's what we heard last week, wasn't it? When I give him an ear and I, I, be, I, let, I make sure that my ear is sensitive to his voice. And then, amen, I make because of his voice and because of his spirit and because of his presence, I'm empowered now to follow him with passion into his mission. God has a plan. Amen. And to say that I'm about my father's business requires the authority of my father, the empowerment of my father. Amen. Anybody catching this? The dominion of my father at work in me and through me. And so what, did that, what does that do ultimately that causes me to yield to this truth? Amen. That sets me free. It's not about what's wrong or right about you. It's about who he says you are. And you may not be living up to that identity, and I may not be living up to that identity in the moment, but he's given us by mercy another moment. And he's passionate because he believes in you. He believes in me that we're going to step up and say, yes, Lord, at some point. And we're going to accept the identity he's invested in us and be. When I do that, I become present with you. Mm. And his spirit and his presence comes on a new level. Anybody want a new level in the spirit? You see, I can remember in 1974 getting filled with the spirit and with fire. And I knew it was real and no one could take it from me because I didn't see anybody I disliked after it happened. I loved everybody for about two weeks. And that was important for me to find out that it's not a one-time thing. It's an ongoing experience. One revelation after another experience and revelation in the Spirit. That I need, amen, the outpouring of God's Spirit as often as I will let Him come. Because He's wanting to come every day, all day long. Our daddy is so into you, he wants you to host him 24 days hours, seven days a week, 365 days a year for the rest of your life and eternity. But he's so merciful and full, full of grace. He works with what we give him. Amen. And he'll take the little bit we give him and he'll give us an experience with that little bit. And then we'll say, I want a little bit more of that. A little bit more and, uh, until we explode. He knows that when we taste and see that he's good, we want more of that goodness. So some of you today may have tasted and you found out God is good and you keep hanging out around the fire 
And you like the way the fire feels. And, <sighs> but there's coming a time when you're just not going to hang out around the fire. You're going to get in the fire. Because you found out that's where he's at. An old king one time thought he was taking out some rebellious kids named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And he turned the fire up seven times hotter. Has anybody been through some hot stuff lately? Is our world going through a fire right now? But it was in the fire that the old king said, hmm, didn't I put three in there? And I see four. And they didn't even get no smoke on them. And they come on out the other side as witnesses. Witnesses. Amen. Not judging Babylon, not beating the people up in Babylon, but to come out on the other side, being just like the fourth one in the fire. Amen. So we're talking about spiritual fitness. Amen. Slash, you don't have nothing to prove. He's already proved it. You ain't got nothing to prove. When you get spiritually fit in the spirit, you're not trying to prove nothing because you're already under the spot where the glory falls out. And he is manifesting, not the guy in the mirror, but the spirit of the one that put that temple together starts oozing out of it as salt and light. Don't judge anything based on right and wrong. But the measurement now is the nature of the king. The measurement is the very grace of God. Stewards of the manifold judgment of God? Uh-uh. For you that had not read the Bible, it don't say that. For you that have, what does it say? Stewards of the manifold. Uh-oh. You nobody been reading their Bible? Stewards of the manifold grace of God. Ministers of reconciliation. You're not pushing people away. You're inviting them in and you're bringing hope to their life. As ambassadors, you're serving them citizenship's papers, not of this world, but of the kingdom of God. Ladies and gentlemen, everyone in this room, that your identity is within the parameters of who he is. And he says, you're stewards of grace and ministers of reconciliation. And when I'm passionate about the mission of the kingdom, I'm present with everybody that's in my path, regardless of how much they rub my hair wrong way, how they upset me. Because when I get upset with anybody in my path, it's not about them. It's about something that I believe that's not true. But pastor, you don't understand. I got, I, got, I, got, I got it all laid out. They dead wrong, and I need to knock them out right now. The silence is powerful, by the way, because I know you're hearing. <laughs> you ain't got nothing to prove. Has anybody ever felt like this before? You've been done wrong? Anybody ever been done wrong? And a thought come through your mind, I, I, need, to get, I need to get their attention. I need retribution right now. They need to repent to me. You ever felt like that before? Bunch of times. Okay. 
Yeah, it's real, isn't it? And the enemy is always tempting us, especially in our culture. In our culture, there's great demands on retribution, and, 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 and everybody seems to be sucking their thumb in our culture right now. And you've you got to tiptoe around everything. You've you got to be careful what you say. Now, I would encourage you to speak what the Lord's saying, but in the spirit of the Lord. So you can be salt and light because everybody's looking for Jesus. I'm going to say that one more time. Everybody's looking for Jesus. The only ones that don't want Jesus around is the religious group. They want to kill him. But the rest of the world is looking for Jesus. Jesus is attractive. He's kind. He's gentle. He's temperate. He's long-suffering. Come on, these things and all the fruit of the Spirit, there is no law against that. Uh, There's no such thing as a law against the nature of Jesus Christ, the fruit of the Spirit. Everybody's attracted to that. Anybody want to be like him? So I encourage you, you don't have nothing to prove. God wants you to rest today. But you don't understand, Pastor, I was done wrong, and I deserve to be able to sue them. Anybody ever want to sue anybody before? Don't say amen. (laughs) You know what you're saying when you say, I'm going to sue you? You're saying, I want charge of your life because you owe me. I'm entitled to take over your life and be in charge of it. We found out Friday in our creative team meeting talking about these things that the difference between entitlement, the difference between entitlement is being grateful. Wow thankful. When I'm thankful and I'm grateful, there is no entitlement. There is no, I deserve anything. When I'm truly grateful, he deserves all the breath I can breathe. When I'm truly grateful, I'm not entitled to anything from heaven, but he gives me all the kingdom anyway. And the only reason I don't enjoy the kingdom of God that he wants to give me every day, all day long, is because I'm battling these thoughts that are not from heaven. Mindsets, ideas. I'm having conversations with myself. And next thing you know, instead of hope and joy, I'm down and out, depressed and frustrated. And the enemy, because I'm not spiritually fit when I do that, has caused me to blame it on someone else. Jesus never said anything about them being the flaw. (laughs) And yet from my lens, I've got justified reasons to believe that there's something wrong with the next person. And the Lord let me know, son, I'm in love with the next person. And if you ever let my presence come to you on the level I want it, and everybody needs to get this, the first small group was a group that wanted to go be a witness for Jesus. But Jesus held them off on purpose and said, don't, no, no. You Terry, you hang out right here in this room. And they did. They, they hung out. They went back, slept, come back to the room, kept coming back to the room for seven days. He let them know, you hang out here until you be endowed with power. And now you're going and when that happens, it's because now his spirit has come. Jesus comes back in spirit. Scripture says, and he baptizes us with his spirit and with truth. 
and they're able now to go be a witness. And while governments and religious groups were capturing them and dragging them to jail, amen, Nero was offering them up, amen, to an to a arena so that people could watch the lions eat them. He becomes infuriated because when he would go check out the Christians that were being killed, they had peace on their face and smiles. Amen. They were powerful. And all it did was stir up this Jesus thing even more. Because the crowd that was watching began to see something they'd never seen before. And they saw the light and they saw the salt and they began to run after the thing, amen, that was being mocked and laughed at. Spiritually fit. You ain't got nothing to prove, ladies and gentlemen. If you start the race right, as Paul says, you started well, there's some things that can hinder us on the journey. Why would the enemy want to hinder me once I've started the race? Because if he can get me to stop running, he gets my power. He gets my dominion. He gets the authority of the kingdom that God's working through. Anybody ever been stopped in the race? Got sidetracked? Got distracted? Amen. Well, then thank you, Jesus. God trusted you with that because now you're more compassionate and you're more grace giving than you were prior to falling out of the race. And so now your ability to be salt and light and be a minister, everybody's a minister. Everybody has that kind of influence with people. We minister, whether it's of the kingdom of hell or the kingdom of heaven, we're going to minister. We're serving one or the other. Now you can reconcile people to him because you've made your life, amen, available to him so that he can finish what he started in the earth. Amen. Anybody want to be fit today? And so while my wife and I are enjoying our dying on 14 weeks, so that we can live, I found out something that as her husband, I operate as a position of servant. That means in the house I need to be more humble and more broken and more of a servant. The greatest in the kingdom of what? Come on, if you read your Bible, it says it in here. If you're going to be like Jesus, the greatest in the kingdom is the servant of all. So leaders, and I'm talking to pastors, evangelists, prophets, apostles, teachers. You want to be effective as a leader? Everybody's a leader. The more you lead, the more humble you become. The more you lead and the more you impact God's economy and his kingdom, the more servant you are. You have the heart of our Father. Because he don't lord over, and he's the Lord, Right? He don't lord over anybody. He don't make anybody do anything. He gives every one of us a choice. And I just tell you, I have, I have made the decision to try to prove myself more than I should. I got a point to prove. Bless God, I got it all worked out, got it laid out, and my wife calls me a lawyer sometimes. And, and, and uh, that's not good. 
we only have one advocate, Jesus Christ the righteous. He's already proved it. He's already sold it. He's already paid the debt off. Why in the world am I letting debt to sin and, and failure still run in my life? Has anybody dropped the ball before and done stupid? A bunch of times, right? Every time you drop the ball, that's an opportunity to grow. And so I've come to realize that since he's the revelator and he's, he's the revealer, he's the, the one that enlightens, he's the one that gives us breath and hope, that when Paul was actually writing to the husbands about dwell with your wife according to knowledge, it wasn't trying to prove a point he was talking about. The more she and I talk about our experiences with God, the more we see him. The more we talk about how good daddy is, the more we experience him. We say it like this. The more we're present with one another, the more he reveals himself and our eyes open. And I'm able to serve her on the level where it's easy for her to trust God with me being in her life. All God's asking from Tammy is to trust him with me. But I got flaws. I got humanity. I got a past. I got all kind of baggage. And the Lord's saying, yeah, and what you going to do about it? Give it to you, Daddy, and let you fight my battles. Thank you, son. Come on you, to me, you either are heavy laden. When, when I'm heavy laden, I'm trying to prove a point all the time. But when I cast my care on him, for he cares for me, I can now rest. I ain't got nothing to prove to Tammy. She ain't got nothing to prove to me. We've been given an opportunity to enjoy one another's presence and host his presence. And together, a threefold cord is not easily broken. You know, I hadn't read a scripture out about I, was, I planned on reading three. I said, no, I'm going to do it. And the Lord said, no, I'm going to talk to them because I've already put that DNA in everybody in the room. They can tell when the truth is speaking. They can tell when God is present. Amen. You and I are spiritual beings. We know the Lord's talking right now. And he's offering us an opportunity to push off our religious influence and this idea that I need the 66 books of the Word of God, the Bible, to prove this to me? No. You need the spirit of every letter that's been written in that Bible to get a hold of you, amen, and he will enlighten you and you'll become an epistle read and known of all men. Everybody in this room has been called by God to be God's expression. Some of you will write it down and others will enjoy reading about it. Others will live it out. Amen, as a written epistle. Why? Because people are reading your life every day. They're reading your life every day. They want to see. They're, mm, they're looking for Jesus. Jesus comes out of the wilderness, ladies and gentlemen. He, he crosses Jordan after he goes in the water first, is baptized, spirit descends on him. I want to ask you a question here. What was it 
about Jesus and the spirit that spoke that day that coincides with how God sees you. Got to catch this one. I can't reveal it to you, but I believe your eyes are going to open. You're going to realize, oh my goodness, the Lord is into every detail of my life. Because when God spoke over the man, the human, the flesh, and all the people around heard it, he said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. He says, hear him. Whew. All right. What you Pastor? All Jesus needs is our availability to carry the good news. When Jesus, before he leaves, he stands toe-to-toe with everyone that would follow him. And in that particular passage, it looks like he's standing toe-to-toe with the twelve. And he says to them, these things I'm doing, greater you're going to do. And the reason those that follow him were going to do greater, including you, was because what the earth didn't have, Jesus was going to afford. He was one member. He was the head of the body. And he was looking for his body. He, come on. Jesus is the one that said it. He's the one that taught it. The foxes have their holes and the birds have their nests, but the Son of Man hath nowhere to lay his pastor. He's talking about a pillow to sleep at night. Yeah, yeah, come on. The world needs to understand what rest really is. And at that time, the body of Christ didn't exist. And he's doing some pretty powerful stuff, isn't he? And he's telling them, because I'm about to pay the debt off. Amen. The veil in the temple is not going to be needed no more. Everybody's going to come before the presence of God. I'm going to open this thing up to everybody. You're going to be filled with my spirit. I'm going to be able to take back over my house. And when I take back over my house, you're going to steward my kingdom like I commissioned Adam in the beginning. Tend to the garden. Take care of the trees. Take care of my garden. Tend to it. Minister grace and reconciliation. And you know how close you are to being who God says you are? The right small group. Oh, this might be the right small group today. This is not small. There's more people than small. No. Got to get in the right group, ladies and gentlemen. It's all over the world. God's doing things right now in the right group. And it's the group that's made their mind up oh, to open up and become available for the outpouring of God's Spirit. So out of them, rivers of living waters will explode out of them. And every time they, I'm talking about, I'm not talking about being spooky and weird, ladies and gentlemen. I'm talking about being who God called you to be and to be his mouthpiece. And when you open your mouth, people get hope. They get good news. They get the things they've been looking forward to hearing because you only say what you hear your father saying. You're about your father's business. So he crosses back over Jordan after he goes into the wilderness to be tempted in all points as we are and challenged by the enemy in darkness, he comes out in power. And he starts doing things like healing the sick. 
and opening blind eyes and delivering those that are oppressed. And, and in the writing of the scripture, it indicates that the demons could do nothing for they knew who he was. Well, that was Jesus. Well, I just want to encourage you today. You've been called by his name. That's why you're baptized in his name. So when you go down in that water in his name, you have his authority, dominion, so that you can walk in his likeness. Not that you're not going to fail. Not that you're not going to stumble. Not that you're not going to come out of that water because of God's grace and mercy as a baby that will puke on others and poop in the diaper and need to have powder put on its butt and burped and Pastor, that's enough. I got you. Anybody ever been a baby in the Lord? But eventually you grow up and you get spiritually fit. And you get bigger than the diapers. And we don't do depends in the kingdom. We get up. Because of the empowerment and the mercy of God revealing himself to us. And we walk with him. Amen. We don't react to stupid stuff. Anybody reacting to stupid stuff going on? Anybody been reacting to the media and the world and politics? We don't react. We respond. Jesus is not a politician. He's not political. He's the king of his kingdom. Of his kingdom there shall be no end. Of this world and all these politics and governments, there's going to be a quick end. He's wanting you to get relaxed as his sons and daughters in the spirit and get let the breath of life catch you <sighs> so that every breath you breathe, he utters out of you hope and good news. Amen. So he comes and he starts healing and delivering and setting free. And, and, and he, he sleeps that night and the next morning the disciples that he had just called, just gathered them in, they called him, they got them together. And, and they come to him that morning saying, everybody is looking for you. And you think that Jesus would say, oh, come, take me where they're at. Take me where they're at. Well, no, he, he didn't do that. No, he said, awesome, let's go to another city. Why wouldn't he run after the ones that's looking for him? And he says, to this end have I come, that men will seek me. Whew. If you're not looking for him, you're going, you're going to look for something anyway. Don't need to tweet that. If you're not looking for Jesus, you're looking for something that's going to cost you. What you look for will either bring life or death. What are you looking for today? What are you pursuing today? Somebody to repent to you and apologize because they did you wrong? Well, that's not going to bring a lot of life because you won't worship now. You're making yourself God. Did y'all hear that? For me to require for you to give me a, an apology is to make myself God. To require that you repent to me is to reject Jesus. Come on, the enemy is like mad right now. 
He's mad. He, he does not want truth to make you free. He wants, he wants you to not hear the truth so you can stay in bondage. You can't be like him as a steward of grace and a minister of reconciliation and require people to bow at your feet and repent over how they hurt your feelings. Jesus, instead of running after the group that were looking for him, he said, let's go to another town and get them looking for me. When he gets to that next town, come on, y'all can read it in your Bible. It's there. The people that were looking for him prior to him going to that town, they crossed the lake, they went around the lake, and they found him. Because when you're hungry and you're thirsty, you will be filled. But if you really catch it this morning, you don't have nothing to prove. The Lord has prompted me to encourage you and remind you, you are powerful. Whether you're serving the devil or him, you're still powerful. Because the enemy can't do anything in this world unless he has the descendants of Adam to work through. And just like God needs his house, the enemy has to have a house. Amen. So when I'm with Tammy, I don't have anything to prove. When she's with me, she don't have anything to prove. We're finding out that we're just thankful to be together. And when I have gratitude towards my relationship with her, his presence comes in. Whew. I'm going to just tell you, it's the greatest marriage counseling you can get right now. Because they got a lot of good books out there, got a lot of good information. But if you don't do what I'm telling you right now, it'll get dust on it. You'll never live up to one of those principles or precepts until you get a revelation that he wants access to his house. He wants our hearts. Amen. You don't have nothing to prove. It's time to rest. It's time to lay down the gavel. It's time to lay down all the notes that you've taken as an attorney that builds your case. Because all you're doing is being a prisoner to the lying spirit, the prosecuting attorney, the devil. Your advocate, Jesus Christ, amen, the true attorney, he's already paid the debt off. He's waiting on you to come go with him. He's got some stuff and he wants you to join with him in instead of having heartburn over all the stuff going on in our world. Amen. And you are so close to walking in what we're talking about right now. You're so close to it. It's just a breath away for you. It's called the Spirit of God coming into his house. You hear that? It's just that. I, my body just naturally breathes. And I need oxygen to exist. And it's about, God set it up trying to tell us something. Yeah, like you need my spirit, son. If you breathe in carbon monoxide, you will die if that's all you get. If you keep agreeing with the enemy, carbon monoxide, he's going to take you out because he's the prince of death. But if you really want to live, 
There's something valuable about that person you're sitting next to that you need to catch. And you can't catch it if the Spirit don't give it to you. So being a part of the right group, right small group, is huge, isn't it? So that the Spirit and the fire can... Come on, where two or three agree is touching... Any one thing, come on, when we come together and we get into a, an attitude of worship toward, and we agree, he says, I come there. And you may know something, but you're about to get a revelation now. And when we leave from agreement where two or three get into it, man, they, yes, we leave with the mind of Christ. Before we came in together, we didn't have the mind of Christ. We had some good ideas. We had some forms that were cool and Amen. We, we, we knew how to do church, and we knew how to say, well, preacher, preacher. Had our little jig that we did. Pastor, be quit, 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 quit meddling. No, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to tell you, our forms without him is powerless. Am I, am I against you having your little jig? No. Do I, should you not? You should clap loud. You should shout with the voice of triumph. But everything we do should be prompted by the presence of God. Being the initiator, amen, the explosion in us until we're able to shout together in unison and hope and good news. Bring this thing down here in the next few moments. Amen. Jesus has already proved it. Let me challenge you here. In the Old Testament, there was a place in the Bible where God challenged those that supposedly listening. He says, prove me and see whether or not I will bless you. And Jesus said to that group, you've left me. I need you to come back. I need you to return. And so how do we do that? Anybody want to know how that happens? If you need, need if you'd like to do that, we got time to talk after service or this week, you can get with me. If you want to know how God wants to prove you, and it has to do with your heart. He wants our heart, our allegiance, ladies and gentlemen. I've done many, 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 and my wife can validate. We have done many, many, many council sessions. And there's a common denominator when relationships get broke. Stuff start falling apart. And, and uh, pain comes. It's when he's not first in our life. You see, he limits himself to our availability. Come on, got to catch that. And when we become available by returning to him, he rebukes the spirit of the devourer and the liar and darkness. And where there's no health and where there's no hope, when there's no life, there's no finance, the list goes on. He shifts it because he's already proven himself. You ain't got nothing to prove, ladies and gentlemen. Did y'all know that you, the world is going through something right now? Most of you do. And you're wondering what's going to happen next. Several of you are like, what's next? You don't need to worry. Worry is not from heaven. Worry is a form of witchcraft. 
and sorcery. It comes from darkness for you. to. God didn't design you to worry. Our Father is a great provider. Wow, amen. And he takes care of his kids. Sometimes the kids will leave home and push back the inheritance and won't take advantage of the inheritance, and they'll go do their own thing. But when we trust him and when we return to him and we give him our heart and we become the stewards that we're designed to be and the ministers he's called us to be, we have the kingdom. You don't need to be worried about what's going on in this world right now. The kingdom came 2,000 years ago. Be sure you understand this. His kingdom shall never end, and it will fill this earth. Do you want to be on his side when it happens? He's just waiting on us to be available to blow this thing up because our world's looking. I'm so glad that he trusted us to be in 2022 because the darkness is getting thick, but the light shines brighter than ever before. You want to make this easy? You ain't got nothing to prove. Relax. Let's rest in the Lord. And let's just go with him because he's not asking us to do anything. He's asking us to be available. That's the doing he's asking us. I don't know about y'all, but that makes it like, oh, whew, that's a deal. Just like a good parent is not going to require their children, amen, to, to go buy the food and pay the electric bill and put the center on the table. No, no. He's greater than a good parent in our world. He's already given us all the provision. And he wants to take care of you. Now, Pastor, how do I do this? How do I do this? Get honest with God. Be truthful. Tell him the truth. That you've been trying to prove your righteousness. You've been trying to prove you're a good little girl or a good little boy. Anybody been doing that? Don't raise your hand. You can if you want to. Go ahead and slap the devil in the face. Let the enemy know. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm through trying to prove myself. Can we close our eyes for the next few moments? This is not for me. This is for you. If you've been trying to prove yourself and you're really tired right now, you've been trying to prove you're valid in your relationship with your spouse, You've been trying to prove that you're valid as a teenager in the home. You've just been working overtime trying to be a good person when there's only one good, and that's God. If you fit in that category, would you lift your hands? And before God, just keep your eyes closed. Lift your hands. Yes, no. come on. We're all kin. That's right. You've had an experience with God, but your greatest experience is on the way. <laughs> and it's not tomorrow, by the way. Now is the appointed time. For anybody in this room that recognizes how to feel after God, he's as real as you'll let him be right now. <sighs> Just feel after him. He promises. He, he can't lie. He can only tell the truth. I promise to come to my house suddenly the moment you feel after me. 
And whatever experience you have on God, start expecting a greater one than you've ever had before. Because with that expectation, the kingdom comes rushing in. And you'll begin to know things that you just can't. You, how, do, how do I know that? God is revealing. And all of a sudden, out of your innermost being, there will be a welling. You'll feel it in your throat to acknowledge God with thanksgiving. Don't stop. Start being grateful. Start being thankful. The moment you start thanking him and saying words like hallelujah, which means I give myself to you, Lord. He meets you there. And I encourage everyone in this room at that point, don't be concerned about what other people are saying or thinking. It's not about that. It's about what he thinks. It's about what he's saying. And he wants you to trust him to use you to be his mouthpiece and to come with him on this beautiful journey, his mission, so that you'll have testimony after testimony of how awesome your daddy is. And you're one of his babies. Powerful. I'm going to pray with you right now, everyone. You can join with me as we all just get honest and start telling the truth to daddy. That's called repentance. We get honest with God. Lord, I've been trying to prove myself, daddy. You can, you can talk to him just like this with me. You can, you can repeat after me, whatever you want to do. But focus on daddy. I've been so tired, daddy. I've been trying to be good based on what I think you want. And I'm finding out that's not what you're looking for. And I, I want you to know, help me, Lord, to cast every care on you. To stop waiting till tomorrow to be who you want me to be. But help me right now, daddy to open up to you and be who you say I am right now. You got to help me, Dad. I repent for having a form of godliness and obviously there's no power because there's no evidence of it. Setting me free. I open my heart to you and I confess you now. You're my source. Take over, Lord, and use me for your glory. Let me be your child, your son, your daughter. I receive you now. Oh, I'm telling you, if you believe that, he's as big as you'll let him be. Next few moments, I want to give you an opportunity as we stand. Just you and Daddy. Isn't it good to know that when you're in the presence of a king, your Daddy, he gives gifts out? Let's all stand. Anybody ready for a gift from heaven today? Does anybody believe that Jesus loves you? Don't leave without your gift. Guess if you need to go... Thank you for being here today, but you're welcome to pursue him and get the gift he has for you. Because anytime you're in the presence of a king, you can go in the earth, the world operates that way. You're in the presence, you leave with a gift. How much more so our daddy, who is the king,
He wants to give out gifts today to his children. Do not be satisfied just with the presence of God. But let that presence you feel get on the inside until you've released him to have it his way. Can we do that today? Can we lift our hands? He's as big as we'll let him be. I'll pray with anyone that'll come up here so that you are filled with the Spirit and with the fire. That means with passion. To have life and life forevermore. And for you that don't need me to pray for you and you want to come forward, just come up to Daddy like you're coming for your gift. Come get your gift. Let's have a good time in the presence of God. God bless you guests for being here. But it's time for Daddy to hand out gifts. And I encourage everybody to get it. God bless you.